$10,000 to get off. A plane, a plane, a plane. Grab her by the license plate. And we discuss my matzo balls. Coming up today <laughs> on The Point. Stop laughing. <laughs> Hello and welcome to The Point, the only talk show bringing gay and straight men together to see what happens. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hi, Fred. And <laughs> Hola. We have, uh, we have uh, Tegan is back with us. I am back. You can't Hello, get rid Tegan. of me. From, from the Reams bottom position. <laughs> yes. You just love saying it. I do. It's a great name. It's a fun title. Um, but we also have a very special guest with us today. We have, for the first time on our show, we have a New York Times best-selling author. His name is Michael Wex. He is the author of r many books, but Rhapsody in Schmaltz, subtitled Yiddish Food and Why We Can't Stop Eating It. Welcome, Michael. Oh, thanks, Fred. It's great Welcome. to be here. Um, so my first question is, what it, now, I mean, I know this question because I'm a Yid, but for those who, you know, for the Goyim out there, um, I'm going to get all Brooklyn. As I, it's going to happen, so just deal. Um, what are Yiddish foods? What is Yiddish food? And why is it that we can't stop eating them? What is Yiddish, first of all? What is Yiddish? Yiddish <laughs> was the language that Jews in Central and Eastern Europe spoke uh, in places like Germany, Poland, Hungary, Romania, Russia, ra amongst themselves, rather than speaking whatever the language of the country they were in was. So it was kind of like this Jewish alternative language, this jive that they would talk in order partly not to be understood by the people around them, but right. also it had developed to convey, you know, you're living in a completely Christian society and you're the only non-Christians there. You know, there was no big diversity at the time. A lot of stuff, you know, Jewish life, traditional Jewish life is run by religion and there's no words, there's no concepts in non-Jewish languages for a lot of stuff that you would do every day. Some of that stuff uh, seeped out into the other languages. So in most European languages, like in English, if you say the deal is kosher, everybody knows what you mean. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like just one example, but there's lots and lots more of those kinds of things. And of course, there's all these holidays that people that aren't Jewish don't have. They're yeah. the ones that got us out of school all the time. <laughs> uh, you know, but the problem is we didn't get Christmas presents, so it really it <laughs> That's true. That's a, it's out. a good balance to. But you can buy for the past ten or fifteen years. You've been able to buy chocolate Easter bunnies with kosher certification. Really? Yeah. So I I'm didn't wondering, even know like, that. Yeah, just in case you've got a craving. Also, Santa Clauses, and I did find a place in the U.S. that actually will make a chocolate crucifix <laughs> that is kosher, so I, you, know the, you can have your Christ and eat them too. It's, uh, <laughs> he you know is the little, delicious. You know the little chocolate Santas? You yeah. know that? They actually, I, this was a while ago I found these, but they use the same mold to make chocolate Maccabees. It's the same <laughs> yeah, mold. <laughs> so, so how did um, the, again, what are Yiddish foods and how did the tradition of these foods come from that culture. Yeah, so these are the traditional foods. I mean, most of what the book is about is the foods that you would eat, you know, on special occasions. But within Judaism, you got a special occasion once a week. Every Saturday, mm -hmm. 
Shabbos, the Sabbath, and this is like a major deal. It's, it's a very big thing. Uh, it's, except for Yom Kippur, which happens once a year, every it's single like Saturday. It's the Super Bowl of religious yeah, holidays. But every, yeah, but every single Saturday is otherwise the holiest day of the year. And you're supposed to eat well, etc. And there are certain rules about what you're supposed to eat, etc. And of course, everybody knows there's one thing Judaism has got is a lot of rules about what you're not supposed to eat. But that doesn't really come into this. Uh, generally, they were adaptations of the food that the people around them were eating. So this is primarily Central and East European cuisine with the pork taken out and, with a and the blood taken out. And a lot of allowances made for the biggest problem, I guess the biggest problem in Jewish cooking, you can't mix meat and dairy. Uh, you can't cook them together, you can't eat them together, you can't have them at the same meal. Wasn't Bacon. that a historical thing of just like, that they were, like you, like we can just go to the store and buy that now, but like you couldn't really get them all the time at the same meal anyway, and it sort of came out of that sort of... Uh, well, it was actually easier, you know, think about it if you want to fry something and you don't live in an area where there's a lot of olive oil, which, you know, I think Poland is like near the top of those areas. Uh, the easiest thing to cook something in is butter. Mm -hmm. You know, Slavic East European cultures are anthropologists that divide things into butter cultures and oil cultures. And Central and Eastern Europe are very definitely butter cultures. You know, they're heavy food, uh, bigger people, as opposed, say, to Italian or Spanish cooking which is olive oil based. Uh, but if you can't use butter to cook meat, you've got to find something else. You know, the other major thing that people were using was lard, which, you know, everybody knows, you know, Jews and lard aren't supposed to mix. Mm -hmm. uh, and lard is fairly neutral as far as taste goes. The substitute for lard was schmaltz, which just means fat but is generally, you know, unless you qualify it, it's generally understood to mean either chicken or chicken. goose fat, yeah, chicken especially fat, chicken yeah. fat these mm. days. Uh, is that lard has fat? a very, yeah, lard is fat too, but it's the fact that it's from, a, you know, okay. it's pork. Got it. Uh, but chicken fat, especially the way it's prepared by Jews, lends everything a very particular taste. <laughs> so you can take a recipe uh, that somebody in Poland or Russia or Germany would make exactly the same way except with lard instead of chicken schmaltz and it will taste totally different. Cool, I want to uh, taste it. So the schmaltz becomes the defining thing in Jewish cuisine because it's the one thing that plays a real important role in that cuisine and not in the surrounding ones. You know, a lot of the other stuff, cabbages, potatoes after the, 19th, or after the middle of the 19th century, everybody in those places ate them. The same way here, everybody eats grilled cheese sandwiches. Mm -hmm. uh, Orthodox Jews might buy only kosher cheese, but otherwise it's the same thing. The difference comes in when it's cheeseburger time. Mm -hmm. where, bacon you know, cheeseburger. Well, especially bacon mm -hmm. cheeseburger, where you know, people that are religiously observant uh, which at one time was almost everybody, and now is almost nobody. Uh, but, you know, they won't eat that. So that falls away, but you get replacements, substitutes. There's a, there was a sociologist who had a theory that cream cheese and lox on a bagel was supposed to replace uh, 
what do you call it? Um, Eggs Benedict. Oh. I don't believe this actually because <laughs> like, like where's the egg number yeah. one? Right, yeah, because you can still where's have Where's the eggs? hollandaise uh, yeah. sauce? You can uh, still have that. I would thought you were going to say like a hamburger, like a cheeseburger. Uh, but I think oh, they were... a terrible substitution. Yeah. No, excuse me. Lox is delicious. In pl when you want to be eating a cheeseburger? Okay, enough already. Go. <laughs> Sean, this is a Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, they started using schmaltz a lot. And schmaltz had this, like I said, it makes everything different. I once, when I was in grad school, I took a guy uh, who was here as an exchange student from Poland. Uh, and this was when Poland was still, you know, Iron Curtain and all of this. Uh, and I could speak a little bit of Polish. My parents are from Poland. And we got friendly. And I said, you know, one day, we went to a Jewish delicatessen. Uh, and he recognized the names of many of the dishes. So he ordered a couple of things that, you know, he thought would be kind of what he'd got in Poland. I'd never been to Poland at the time, so I didn't know what that stuff tasted like outside of a Jewish delicatessen. And he got it and he said, he said, this is good, but if you told me, if you'd given me the name, I would have denied that this is what it is. Mm -hmm. Like, to me, this isn't kishka. You know, what you call in Jewish kishka, which is... Uh, Stuffed animal intestine. Uh, it's like a sausage. Which I used to eat when I was a yeah, kid. It's now like a it, sausage. Now you know. I kind of go, ew. But Kishkes I used to are, eat it as yeah. a kid. Yeah. Uh, and he said it was absolutely nothing like uh, a Polish one. You know, except for the fact that the, the mechanism of stuffing an intestine was the same. What they were stuffed with was totally, totally different. I feel the same way when I eat vegan chicken. It's, it's not what it you were promised. It is not what I'm used to. As a, yeah, as well, a, it's like, you know, soy burgers yeah, and exactly. soy hot dogs. And <laughs> as, a, as a side note, because you're talking about schmaltz, I mean, in, in English, we have the term schmaltzy, if something is schmaltzy. Yeah, which, is, which is interesting because it seems not, no. it doesn't mean that in, <laughs> Only in you. Yiddish. What is that? In yeah, Jewish. what is schmaltzy? schmaltzy? You've never heard something like, described yeah. as schmaltzy? See, I could, I could only from a Jewish person. Exactly. I, could, uh, I could make that connection, though, because if schmaltz is like fat, like you're talking about, then, you know, like it's not sort of like the lean, tight story, whatever. It's the schmaltzy, like extra That's stuff. my favorite word to use. Well, it's, yeah, no, and it got really common to the point where there, there's a great scene, there's an old movie. Uh, going My Way with Bing Crosby, where he plays a Catholic priest who writes songs on the side. And they're trying to raise money because the church is going to be foreclosed on. So he's got this song that he's trying to flog, uh, which is the title song of the movie also. And uh, one of his pals, uh, one of the other priests, uh, an actor named Frank McHugh, is going around trying to sell this to various songwriting, uh, various song publishing places. He goes to the guy, uh, it's actually William Frawley, Fred Mertz from oh, I Love yeah, Lucy, yeah. tries to sell it to him, the guy doesn't buy it. Frank McHugh, being Crosby's priest friend, comes back to him and says, I tried to sell it, they're not taking it. He said, Schmaltz isn't selling this year. <laughs> and these guys, they're all supposed to be Irish Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> so it really, you know, the idea is overly sentimental, cloying. Yeah. It started out, though, as a musician's term for unhip music. So like when all, starting in the late 20s, early 30s, a lot of like what we would just think of as pop music was loosely labeled jazz. 
I guess the way you would loosely at one time label pop music, oh, it's all rock and roll, mm -hmm. even if it was, you know, the singing nun or something. <laughs> uh, and so schmaltz became the, the put-down term for these bands that were, you know, they were like big bands like Benny Goodman or Artie Shaw, but they totally didn't swing. And it just caught on in there and, uh, you know, continues to be used. And there's even in, uh, there's an ACDC song, Let There Be Rock, uh, where they say, white man got the schmaltz, black man got the blues. <laughs> uh, and, you know, what they mean, they're not talking about food. I right. don't think, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't think Bon Scott knew right. about that We're stuff. So um, speaking of food, though, um, when, when my idea of Yiddish foods are, are the, the foods that I, I grew up with and, you know, like matzo ball soup right. and brisket and yeah. boiled chicken. and Gefilte fish. Gefilte fish. I just like saying that. Tegan actually is a, a, a convert? Ish. 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 Jew-ish. Jew-ish. Yeah. yeah. Um, I grew up right, you know, Coney Island, Brighton Beach, oh, yeah. Brooklyn is, you know, as Jewy as you can get. Um, so it, when I can't say that no. we, we can't say that you can say that. what Jewy? Because because we're not, so we can't. You're say not it. Jewy. It's okay. It's all right. Um, so uh, like, how did the these foods that you're talking about, you know, just using the schmaltz and originating in in Poland and Germany, but now there's a lot of them are so prevalent in North American culture. Well, the ones that really caught on are the ones that they serve in delicatessens. So, you know, pastrami, I got to say, I, I asked my parents once, did you ever eat this, you know, pastrami, corned beef, lox for that matter in the old country? I said, absolutely not. Oh, really? Yeah, you had to be from Romania even to have heard of pastrami, which okay. is where it comes from. So uh, how did it develop in, in, in North America? Well, that stuff, Romanians are kind of like the Greeks of the Jewish world. Like when they emigrated, or when they immigrated to North America, for some reason, disproportionate numbers of them opened restaurants. Uh, and like Jewish restaurants tended to be predominantly run by Romanians oh. who served this kind of food, which if you were coming from Poland or Russia, chances are you didn't know what it was. You'd never heard of it or seen it. Uh, the corned beef came from Germany, which by that point was a smaller Jewish community. Uh, so that stuff people hadn't seen. The brisket and everything else, these were the boiled chicken. Uh, these were standard holiday foods, partly because, you know, chickens were cheap. And they don't take a lot after you've finished plucking them. You can stick a chicken in a pot and boil it, and it will cook more or less on its own. Remember, most people didn't have ovens. Yeah, because boiling meat sounds gross. I'm not going to lie. Just as a means of cooking <laughs> oh, something. Oh, it's delicious. Yeah, but what, like fry it or it's like no, it's no, but they didn't have they didn't always boiled have. Chicken. Oh, it's fair enough. Yeah, I guess delicious. like if they didn't really? have. That's the... how you make chicken soup. You oh, boil yeah, the chicken. Yeah. I guess it'd be like putting it in a slow cooker, kind of, right? Mm -hmm. But no. Uh, and stuff, no. you know, like brisket <laughs> was a very cheap cut of meat because it, mm -hmm. you know it has to sit for a long time. What about the bagel? Bagel. No, because most people they're they're so Close. ubiquitous now. And yeah, yet now. they're yeah, but Look, they're, I grew up in Alberta. This is Bagels are one of the They're 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 a Jew food. They really? are? Mm -hmm. oh, See? Yeah. What? See? Really? No Bagels? There's the proof. It's just no, it's just it's Tito lost its ethnic it. identity. It's just Tito. Yeah. Everyone else in the world knows no that bagels clue. are synonymous. Yeah. 
And the, the, I had no idea. The famous bagels, like in North America, the famous bagels are New York bagels and Montreal bagels. But they all come from the Jewish communities in those cities. But isn't it yeah. just bread? Ish? No, it's more Ish. of a pretzel. Actually, yeah, that's what it's most closely related to. Ah. And the one place where you can find bagels not made by Jews that were seem to have uh, been the origin of these is parts of Poland, like in Krakow. You can go to Krakow even today, and people sell these things on the streets. They're called obwarzanki. Uh, and they're bagels, <laughs> for all intents and purposes. But, cool. yeah, no, bagels cut on. The whole thing about a bagel is... You like get the dough ready, you leave it to sit for a while, depending on uh, you know, your preference. And Montreal bagels don't sit, you know, Montreal bagels sit for, geez, maybe about an eighth the time that yeah. a New York bagel yeah. will sit for the dough. Then you take it and you shape it out and you put it into boiling water. Then you bake it. Right. So if it hasn't gone into the boiling water, it's not really a bagel. Then it is some kind of bread. Then my mother would say, fa. Fa. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Where, sorry, no, no, yours is probably way more important. Okay, than so this, this might be a little bit of a stretch, but most of the time when I have dinner with my Jewish friends, it ends up being uh, Chinese food mm. washed down with Manischewitz. Now, what is... Chinese the, food is very much a Jewish what food, is, the is, love is my understanding. That Jewish people have for Chinese food. Because it's the only cuisine restaurant that's open on Christmas. Uh, yes! <laughs> I, thought it was, I thought it was because they didn't there mix the that. two, like, dairy... People have, have made uh, that point, but I don't know if that's really it. I mean, part of it is you can eat... Uh, you can eat whatever's in it and not know what it is. You know, so you have like people, plausible deniability? Like. <laughs> well, it's also, yeah, plausible deniability. Look, I have no personally cases of people whose parents would like eat in a restaurant and they would eat meat, but they wouldn't eat pork. Yeah. Getting like attached to various dishes and having no idea yeah. that this is all either pork or shrimp. What? And just, they would lie to their parents and tell them it was chicken. Yeah. Which is why, you know, you ask a Jew what anything tastes like. Yeah. Tastes it, like chicken. It, it all tastes, tastes like the chicken. Same. Tastes yeah. kind of like chicken. I accidentally yeah, ate a shrimp once in my Chinese food and it tasted just like pork. I mean, they, it, <laughs> it all has the same meat flavor, so. Where do we land on pizza bagels? Bagels or pizza? <laughs> what the f <laughs> I, it, oh as a kid, that was a thing. Both. I used to eat pizza. Okay, so is this book, so, like, so does it have recipes? pizza with a bagel crust. Yeah. Uh, only as symptoms. Uh, so it has, like, historical recipes about okay. what went into the stuff. But the book's really about the cultural meaning of this stuff. Why, the, you know, it'll have resonance for people who don't actually eat it anymore, or even if they do eat it once in a while, certainly don't observe I, I don't, all the dietary laws that go along with I it. I don't eat these foods as much as I used to, and I miss them. So I am so hungry right now. <laughs> Let's go get some food. Yeah, I know. But unfortunately, we have the rest of the show to get to. Oh, yeah. Um, Michael, if people uh, are interested in the book, where can they find it? Uh, should be able to find it in bookstores. Any bookstore will order it for you. Otherwise, all the major online booksellers. I don't like to plug one <laughs> over the other. I will. Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> or, or Powell's, yeah. Uh, 
Um, and you have lots of books that are uh, on uh, Yiddish culture, Born to Kvetch. Uh, yeah, three on Yiddish culture, and there's a few novels there as well. Uh, and you have a website as well with all the information right. about you. Yeah, and, and all that. you have to do is michaelwex.com. And these are ebook versions as well? Like yes, there are. Yeah, yeah, yeah there are ebooks yeah. of, I think, everything. Yeah. Great. Great. Rhapsody I'm, I'm planning on reading that. Rhapsody in Schmaltz, after I read it. Oh, Rhapsody in Schmaltz, Yiddish food and why we can't stop eating it. Michael Wex, thank you thank very you so much. much. Thank you very much, Michael. And now it's time for Tito's Midpoint. I mean, this week we're playing Point of No Return. So we're all each going to take a question and ask somebody else on the panel. Got it? Got it? Got it. Yeah. I'll go first, actually. All right, apparently better. If you could be a superhero, what would your power be, Doug? Uh, flying. Just, <laughs> okay. Honestly, I know there's like a lot of other possibilities, but for me, flying, because it would just be so easy to get places, and we've all been on transit in this goddamn That's city. true. So, Jesus. Yeah. Have you ever been cheated on by a boyfriend slash girlfriend? Fred. Cheated on? Yeah, that's not a question for Fred. I, I mean, I... Okay, Ori. <laughs> <laughs> Never had a serious relationship. So that's a no. Gordon? Like, anybody got a yes. reasonable answer here? Yes. You have been cheated on? Yeah. How did you find out? She called me. And oh, I was no. like, and said, I cheated on you. And you know what? Or I was at, at a party, like, and I was like, okay, well then I guess me too. It wasn't like <laughs> I'm cheating on you, is it? Like it was. Uh, it was like I'm about to during. Oh wow. During. I'm, yeah, I'm cheating on you right now. That's at least bold. she's honest. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah, I read her. And what happened after that? It's over. Oh okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I asked a bunch of people, so let's just put this here. So Gordon. Okay. Do a super cut of just all of us taking the time to unfold <laughs> these things. How do you feel about end pieces of a loaf of bread? Mm, I have strong feelings oh. about this. Okay, <laughs> I love them. What? Yeah, you know oh, why? No way. They're the best part. Do you know why? It's like the end it's piece of a meatloaf. No, when you toast it, it's all crispy <laughs> and the middle is soft. It's the best with a little peanut butter. Game like over. a French baguette. Like the ends yeah. are the best part. I Who is anyone to turn down a carb? That's <laughs> how yeah. I feel about that. If if presented with the opportunity of end piece or non end piece, I'm not saying end piece or I, nothing. I, I think they're great. I like a good end I piece. I always yeah. toss them. I guess the rule is that you gotta fold piece. it in half. Like you can't bring it with a regular piece. I mean, we're not talking about side pieces here. It's a different thing. All what right, what all things right. are you shallow about, Mr. Reams Bottom? What things am I shallow about? Um, Sense of humor. I, I judge people based on their sense of humor. <laughs> That's a good way. In what way? Like, as in, if they have one, or like you don't like you. If they don't, you if like they take themselves way too seriously, I like get a little. I try not to judge people, but that I inherently get a little judged. But they're garbage people. They're <laughs> terrible people. Get, get out. Okay. Well, these are hard to open, right? <laughs> um, describe the weirdest dream you've ever had, Tito. So I, I feel like there's a weird one in here somewhere. Oh my god, there's a, actually I don't ever remember my dreams. 
But there, I'm sure there's been weird ones. I just like, I remember them when I wake up and then I go back to sleep and then I wake up and they're totally out of my head. I don't remember shit. But usually it's about involving like friends and dying and celebrities, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember specific. Are the friends dying or the celebrities dying? Everyone's dying. I'm dying usually. Literally? Wow. Yeah. That's a good sign. I'm, I'm the only that? one that never answered a question, so I'll guess I'll just I'll Wait, I'll read it to ask you. myself. It's like midpoint masturbation. I'll ask myself. Would you or have you ever gone behind a friend's back with someone they were interested in, Fred? Probably. Wow, what a bitch. Well, no. <laughs> no, because if, if the person isn't interested in the other person, then it's, what's it matter? Friend code. What? You're just what? gonna go behind their back? No, but not. it's not behind their back. It's like, if, if this person is into this person, you if don't person A go is near into them. person B, but person B isn't into person A, then you do not. Then touch why can't them. I go after person B? Because the other person is your friend who is who likes. Yeah, but this if other they're person. a friend, they would understand the situation. Bingo. Not. You gotta check Bingo. with them first of all. But then there's what happens if you're ruining a long like love? You know what I mean? Like a lifelong love. I mean, you're then you're ending no, no, your no, friendship. No, 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 that's different. I'm just talking about like hookups. No, I'm, stuff. I'm saying like, what if like it works out though, you know? If you're interested. But, yeah. but, I I mean, know, if but you're not too, ending yeah. a long love that wouldn't end anyway, yeah. because if that situation comes up, then obviously it's a situation where they're like, you know what, I'm not really happy in this relationship or whatever, so I'm gonna go bang Ori over here. Yeah. Who's you banging are? Ori? <laughs> All right, Doug. Well, that's do an it. image. Thank you, Tito. So you just went behind <laughs> my back and took Ori from me? <laughs> Actually, he went after Matt. Okay. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Thank you, I'm Tito. I'm sorry, Doug. Matt, over the table. for today's midpoint. And now it's time for talking point number two, fly the unfriendly skies. So we've all seen all the news reports of all the awful things. Uh, There's the, one every week now. D d David Dow being dragged down, the scorpion falling from... The I am tired of these motherfucking scorpions <laughs> on this motherfucking plane. Um, uh, th there was the 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 flight attendant that took away the woman's stroller with the babies and then got into. Wait, an the baby was in the stroller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, she was holding the two twins. And the flight attendant like ripped the stroller that was away. Oh my god, I didn't even hear. No, she was like, like anyway. Anyway, there so, was one where a pilot was kicking a, a another lady who was fighting another lady. Like yeah. when they got off the plane. It's so like, oh it's it's god. become. A, 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 this a, is all United. No, no. some of it is oh, okay. American. Um, or Delta, I think Delta too. But um, <laughs> Delta. The the original thing with David Dow, the doctor, was you know being uh, removed from the plane, even though he had bought the seat and. So United Airlines has now offered to offer voluntarily bumped flyers $10,000. Yeah, but that's normal. To get off. No, it's no, not. No, it's not. It's like $400 normally. No, I heard people getting a couple grand. No. Well, even a couple grand. When, I, when well, they tried to bump much. me, when they tried to bump me off, this was Delta. Last year, they tried to bump me off my flight to Key West. They were offering up to $1,000. And actually, the, the agent got kind of a pissy with everybody who was waiting to get on the plane because she was like, well, if nobody takes this offer, we're just gonna, you know, we're just gonna randomly take people off the plane. And we're like, what? What? You can't do that. Well, it turns uh, out they can. If you do. bought a ticket 
Like, well, how can they fucking kick you off a plane? Because it's, they oversell they the They overbook planes. flights. Okay, but how can they specifically just randomly choose somebody to kick that's off? That's what they did. Well, let's say it's, it's not specific, it's, it's random. random. Yeah. <laughs> but like, if no, if people nice. have to volunteer, you can't just be like, no, this bitch is out. Well, but the thing is, if they offer $1,000 or even $2,000 and nobody takes it. I mean, it, who fucking wouldn't take that? I would definitely take it. It depends well, on yeah, what they're depends. doing, right? Going, yeah. Unless you like need to go somewhere if you have like a- Like if you're going like, to have a sick work, relative, you've got getting work, you've got whatever. No, but like I was going to Key West, the, the hotel wasn't cheap. Uh, if I stayed, because the next flight wasn't until the next morning, so if I got off the plane, that means I lose the one night in the hotel. Granted, they're putting me up at, at, an, uh, at a hotel airport in Atlanta, this was. But I don't want to lose my, my one night of my whatever, four nights in Key West. I want to go to Key West now if I was coming home. Yeah, but you're also making yeah, that's a, different yeah, that's a different thousand story. dollars. <laughs> I know, but I'm losing $500 and a, and a night in but there's also, there's also intangible value beyond just like the money itself, right? Now, if they offered ten thousand yeah. dollars, oh, okay, now we're talking. Yeah. But if you're going to offer me eight hundred, a thousand. So is that ten thousand dollars now from like here on out or what? For United, yeah. And wow. there, it's about time they've done something. I mean, as a passenger, there are so many rules for how you are expected to conduct yourself yeah. on a plane when you're getting to the plane in the airport. And I think that an airline they have to uphold their end too, or they just can't be ripping people off 100%. planes and. Yeah. Well, uh, some people don't like flying, so they'll take another mode of transportation. Like they'll drive somewhere. Well, a driver nice. in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. Segway. Good job. <laughs> that was actually good. That was a good that transition. Good. Yeah. Um, the, nice. the government, after he had the same license plate for 25 years, but the government, after getting a complaint from another driver on the road, they got a complaint Ooh, about rules. this man's license plate and they uh, decided to yank his license plate. The license plate they was grabbed simply it from him? his, yes, is simply his last name. His last name is Grabber, G-R-A-B-H-E-R. -E oh wow, it's not even spelled like, oh my God, it's like different spelling too. I can't. Well, Grabber, it looks like Grabber. Words. Yeah. Oh. I thought it was grabber, like you're a grabber. No, it's like like grab a pussy grabber. grabber. Right, and well, that's right. The but thing. I mean, that's also now grab it her. Makes people think way. of I see all I, that. Give me an MF break. Like, are we that sensitive that? Sorry, I, I'm trying try to be polite, yeah. but this an makes MF me. Break. We fucking appreciate. This it. makes me mad because people have too much sensitivity on things these days. <laughs> um, yeah, but they got a complaint, so it was. I'm sure there are a lot worse license plates out there. Well, interestingly. There are, uh, 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 at least in this province, there are 3,100 words that the provincial government has deemed unacceptable on license plates. Did you say 3,100? 3,100. Gonads? Dick on yes. there? <laughs> he, uh, well, uh, in this report, they list uh, some of the banned words as he, she, gonads, gringo, <gasps> god for you too, <laughs> 69 pricks, hooch, hot, hooch. hooch. hooch is fine. Who, no. no, and Doobie. Nah. What about... Um, no, read the other 33,000. Yeah, I don't, I don't have them. <laughs> what about Ass Man? Do you remember Seinfeld yeah. with Kramer yeah. the wrong license yeah. plate? Or, who's Rock the Ass Man? Yeah. Yeah. One in a million shot, dog. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I mean, is this... Uh, I mean, I understand. What if they try to spell those with, le with numbers as letters instead of the letters? Well, you can try that. I mean, you can submit for a vanity plate and then the, the government either says yay or nay. I mean, Reem's bottom is a little too long for license plate, but I'm, I'm sure if you could, 
put that on a license plate, someone would be offended by it. Oh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't get why everybody is offended by everything. Like, just stay in your own lane and mind your own damn business. Well, and like he, the the owner of the of the plate, like, uh, Mr. Grabber. Yeah. Um, said that I guess he'll he'll have to take his name out of the phone book because someone's going to be offended by that. Yeah. Right. I mean, good point. If it's your if it then is he has to your, change his freaking name. I mean, it's ironically, his first name is Woman, which is quite odd. <laughs> Thank you. That would have been better if you said Pussy, like Pussy Grabber. I respect women, Fred. <laughs> good. Right, you you and you know you could land a plane with that shirt. You're really trying to <laughs> anyway, endpoints. Tito, actually, Tito, you met one of your your pop icons <laughs> recently. That was like two weeks ago. Well, but still, you haven't talked about it yet. Oh, Jojo, she's in Toronto. I had a meet and greet. I met her. I gave her a gift. We took a picture. And you have a picture of her holding the gift that you gave. What was the yeah. gift? I got her um, a jersey, a Raptors jersey, because she loves dinosaurs, but I didn't want to get her jewelry because all her fans give her jewelry. So I got her a little Raptor, and then I put her name on the back. Nice. She loves That's dinosaurs. so sweet. I want one of those. She has a tattoo of a dinosaur, too. Well, oh, and an she also, sensation. when she was in yeah. Toronto, she got a tattoo here in Toronto. Oh, wow. So cool. And she loves Toronto, so. Wow, Can cool. you, well, let's show, show the people the picture. We'll put it yeah, up. Yeah, we'll put it up. Yeah. Um, also, you have a Bop of the Week. Bop of the Week this week is Cashmere Cat featuring Ariana Grande. And you think called, it would be a JoJo song after that? Yeah. It's called Quit. Like, quit it with that shirt. <laughs> You're just yeah. jealous. He's Cashmere Cat? Mm -hmm. That's okay. That's, yeah. that's a good song, too. You've had me listen to that one. That's a, that's a bop, too. Cashmere Cat. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, thank you. Thank you, Tegan. Thank you for having me back. Uh, once again, well, you're sticking, you're sticking, you're stuck with us. Yeah. For a little bit. We're Mishpucha. We, we are Mishpucha. <laughs> uh, speaking of Mishpucha, I also want to thank Michael Wex for joining us today. As all, oh, and we have lots of stuff to tell you. We always have lots of stuff to tell you. We are on Reverie. Check us out on the world's largest LGBTQ streaming service, Reverie.tv. breathers. Thank you. Crowdfunding, Patreon, patreon.com slash thepointguys, YouTube. Subscribe to us. Please subscribe to us. Hit this big red button. Who knows? Don't worry, it won't order you a <laughs> yeah, Coke. Yeah, it might order you a Coke. Um, iTunes, check us out there for the audio podcast. And of course, for everything The Point, go to our website, thepointguys.net. We have a new show every Tuesday. So we will see, see you, you next Tuesday, Tuesday on The Point. <laughs>